Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the show. This is episode 17. Today, my special guest is Christine M. Roberts. She is a life and success coach, but she is also a survivor of trauma herself. You are going to hear in this episode her story and how she's been able to use the strength of her mindset, her strong position over her own thoughts to guide her throughout her life and through many challenges. And you're going to see how she's made the journey to success several times over. She has a clear and connected teaching and speaking style, and she teaches neuroscience-based techniques to her clients to help them design their most fulfilling life. She's going to teach us many lessons today. So sit back and enjoy this wonderful episode. Hi, I'm Dr. Christine Lee, and I'm a psychologist and a procrastination coach. I've helped thousands of people move past procrastination and overwhelm so they could begin working to their potential. In this podcast, you're going to learn powerful strategies for getting your mind, body, and energy to work together so that you can focus on what's really important and accomplish the goals you want to achieve. When you start living within your full power, you're going to see how being productive can be easy and how you can create success on demand. Welcome to the Make Time for Success podcast. Hi, everyone. Today, I am welcoming my friend and colleague, Christine Roberts, who is a productivity and success coach, and she is just the loveliest person to talk with. We are going to have a great conversation today. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Christine. It's so great to see you again. Thank you for coming onto the podcast. Please do me a favor and just introduce yourself and give us a sense of what you like to do professionally. Yeah. Thanks so much. So Christine Roberts, and um, let's see, I'll try to give you the Reader's Digest version Originally, I'm from Rochester, New York. I grew up in a little town called Spenceport, so actually a little suburb of Rochester, and grew up in an environment with a lot of dysfunction. Um, had a dad that was an alcoholic and was verbally and physically abusive. Um, so I experienced and witnessed domestic violence and sexual abuse. And, you know, ultimately, the thing about that, I say that and I share that because where I am today, my life is incredible. And when I look back on my life and I look at the beginning and, you know, my parents did the best that they could. So this is not about blaming them or anything like that. I'm thankful for all those challenges. And, you know, I remember being a kid at 10 years old, looking around at our broken down house and all of this situation and thinking to myself, this will not be my life. I mean, I was 10. I was sweeping the sidewalk at our old farmhouse. And I remember what I was wearing. I remember it so vividly. And I just remember like, this is not going to be my life. And I think for everybody, like for your listeners, it's like in our lives, it's deciding, you know, what we want for our lives and it can happen at any time. And, you know, really I got into sales uh, in my career. I did not go to college. My parents divorced when I was 16 and did not end up going to college. But then another story that we can share down the road, I ended up being one of the first people accepted into the executive MBA program at Georgia State University. And that's like its own story. But 
I got into sales. I moved to Atlanta, Georgia, and I just really got into personal development and and just learning and listening and being a student of myself and just being fascinated with human behavior. You know, I love people. I love to understand why we do what we do. And I'm constantly observing myself because I figure I'm a human. And if I'm having certain challenges or if I'm thinking certain things, I bet other people are too. So I've spent a lot of time just trying to improve myself. There's a quote that I love and it says, I can't change my ancestors, but I can positively change myself to positively impact my descendants because I'm a mom. And so, you know, I just really think about that. I've worked in the personal development world with John Maxwell. I was a leadership consultant with him. For those of you who don't know him, he was named the number one leadership expert in the world by Inc. Magazine and Success Magazine. He's written a lot of books on leadership. So I would work with companies on leadership strategies. And then most recently, I worked with Disney. I was in their advisory group. And our group worked with companies on culture and how to take the Disney approach and Disney principles and how Disney creates the magic and help companies apply that in their business. So all of that ties back to us as humans and, you know, how do we inspire and motivate people? So that has just been my jam. And our company laid off, you know, during this COVID, uh, there's been probably, I don't know, there, there was about 300 people in our division and there's about 40 people left. And one of my passions has just been to share all of these lessons and strategies that I've learned over the years to increase productivity, how we think and how we think drives everything. There's a saying, belief drives behavior. You know, belief drives how we think, which drives how we feel, which drives how we act, which drives the results in our life. And so, you know, what we believe is derived from what we feed our minds. So I'm really passionate about intentionality of how we feed our minds and how we think, because how we think determines whether our lives are, you know, we perceive them to be great, terrible, or mediocre. And so anyhow, that's that's my passion. Thank you so much for describing the roots of your journey and also where you've come on that journey. And I love the quotes that you put in there as well about the ancestors and the descendants. I think I will always remember that from here on out. And also really to remind us that our beliefs are the starting point of everything that comes after. So could you tell me and our listeners, was there a turning point for you? I know that it started at 10 when you said, I can change my life. I can make my future not look like this. But what else helped you to hone in on your thoughts? I have to say that it's it really started when I came to Atlanta, you know, I think intuitively as a kid, I just knew, you know, I would be around other people and other environments and just see that, you know, there's a different way to live. I had a friend that moved to Atlanta when we were in junior high school and I came down to visit her when I was like 21, 22. And I drove my little Nissan Sentra with no air conditioning to hot Atlanta. <laughs> I had $700 and just, you know, big dreams for a better life. So getting into sales, really, that was the catalyst to 
you know, learning, I, I would listen to like the psychology of winning and, you know, Tony Robbins, Dennis Waitley, Dr. Vincent Peel, all of these different thought leaders on how to increase productivity and psychology of winning. I remember listening to that when I would drive around, I was going cold calling door to door in the heat. I had no air conditioning in my car. And I, I really think people bought from me because I was so pathetic. I mean, I would be drenched in sweat, <laughs> you know, selling copiers, paper shredders, and fax machines. And that was really when it all started. I got exposed to personal development and I just saw how much it improved my life and my thinking and, you know, goal setting and just all those different things. And when you listen to a lot of these things, when you start feeding your mind with information that helps you to be better and you get around people that are doing what you want to do, it's about whether you believe it's possible. Yes. So thank you for describing that as well. I then start thinking about the abuse that you witnessed when you were younger and how have you been able through the years to balance the history with the desire and the possibility, maybe things like intrusive thoughts or old patterns or old memories that might threaten to pull you backwards or to make you feel like you're not good enough to reach the possibilities that you have in your mind. Yeah. Yeah. Great question. So when I was really young, I'm 55 now. So, you know, I've lived a lot. So that's one of the benefits, you know, I speak to students at the schools and that's like one of my passions. I speak to college students. It's like life is up and down and I kind of take my hand, my finger and go up and down like a big curve, you know, in life curves up and down. And I tell them when you're in the lower part, like when you're going through tough times, it's not forever. And the whole thing then is to allow yourself, like look in the mirror and understand what's going on inside of you and try to figure out how you feel and let those feelings flow through you. And then be intentional about figuring out ways to get yourself out of that curve and back into forward motion. And so when I was a kid, I knew, I remember going, I know I've got issues (laughs) from all of this stuff. And I want to make sure I face all of these different things. So I've done a lot of stuff over the years because when I started a family, I was like, I don't want to carry this dysfunction into my family. Just going back to the quote about, I can't change my ancestors, but I can change myself to positively affect my children and and my descendants. And so I went to meetings like adult children of alcoholic meetings. and, And one of the things I want to mention about that I went to those meetings because I'm like, I've got to face the demons from my past. And it was interesting because when I went to the meetings, and I'm not saying that all the meetings are like this, and maybe I didn't go to enough meetings, but I noticed there was people that were being victims. You know, they were saying, oh, my mother did this, so I can't have a good job. My father, like, I felt like it bothered me because I felt like people were not being empowered. And they were blaming, I want. I don't want to be a victim. And I think for your listeners, something to think about, if you're going through difficulties or you're in tough times, here's the thing. When we're victims, we are allowing other things to control our lives. Being a victor is when 
you know that you have control of your life. You have the power to change your life. It's about personal responsibility. And you you can go and seek out the best life possible for you. But the key is you have to go and find resources and they're out there everywhere. So, you know, I refuse to be a victim. You know, one of the key elements as well is forgiveness. And I think that I have forgiven my parents. I have forgiven the person that sexually abused me. I have done so much forgiveness and it is hard. Now, don't get me wrong. It is hard. And when I say forgiveness, it doesn't mean like it's a lackadaisical, like, oh, you know, so what? It wasn't a big deal. It was a big deal. And if you have a situation that you've been hurt, it doesn't mean that what happened was okay. It doesn't mean that that person is off the hook. You forgive for yourself. And the best picture that helped me was holding on to bitterness and anger is like swallowing a poison pill and expecting the other person to die. That for me struck me so much. And when I truly forgave others that had hurt me, it was like a weight taken off my shoulders. It was like this awakening. And some of these things, it's a journey. For anybody listening, it's not a simple snap your finger sometimes it's a process. And like I mentioned before, I speak to students and I did a video kind of sharing my story to young people and talked about forgiveness. And I really wanted to plant the seed for them, all these young women. And they came up to me and they were like, oh, you're so great. And I couldn't believe all the women that came up, these young ladies that had been sexually abused. And when I had my kids, I went and got certified as a child advocate at the Child Advocacy Center. And I did training on you know, sexual abuse prevention, because I do not want anything like this to happen to my children. And it's not the boogeyman that's, you know, doing these things. It's like people that we know, but there's things that everyone can do to keep your children safe. And so (laughs) I'm getting off on a tangent here, but I would say forgiveness. You know, I went to a landmark forum, which was a three-day intense forum, because that's the other thing about me is like, I said, I want to face things as quick as possible and deal with them and move on in my life. And so when I went to that forum, it changed my life. It was like, I forgave my father. I actually reconnected with my father who I had not talked to in a number of years because he was drunk frequently when I would call him. I don't know. So I would say for anyone listening, if you are in that place, if you are in the place of feeling stuck feeling like a victim and it's everybody else's, you know, like things have happened to you and you're, you know, blaming. I just want to say that horrific things can happen and I I do not minimize that. However, you have the power to take charge of your own life. I promise you when you are empowered and you decide that your life is going to be different, it's amazing. It's amazing. It's like this feeling inside of you wells up like you have got choices. And now it's a matter of going out and finding resources, getting around people that can help you and that can build you up and finding those people that want to be better and do better and don't want to live in the victim place. 
Yes. I have been following your story and how you've been describing it and noting that one thing you have not held back from is allowing other people to support you and to inform you and to advise you and to help you. It sounds like it was the groups like ACOA, Adult Children of Alcoholics and Landmark Forum, just places where we can get some inspiration and know that we're not alone in feeling like we want to get somewhere different. So I'm all aboard this train of get the support that you need. Yeah. Counseling, um, retreats. I, I went on a women's retreat. I've gone on several retreats. I don't know. I do that stuff all the time because I feel like it's like layers. We all, all of us are broken to a certain extent. It's just how much, you know, you can constantly and always be better and figuring out how to improve. So yeah, for anybody listening, it's like seek out all of those different types of resources, you know, support groups, counseling, retreats, conferences, everything like that. And release is so important because we take in a lot as women, as mothers, as adults. And if we take in more than our bodies and energy stores can handle, we're going to experience symptoms. We're going to experience negative thinking. We're going to lose our way sometimes. And that's okay as well. But please know to our listeners that releasing and connecting with other people is a wonderful way of getting re-energized and Mm re-empowered. And I love the language of empowerment too. Just before Christine and I started recording this episode, we were talking about the ups and downs of this current period of time in our lives during COVID when we're experiencing so many different forms of grief and loss and sadness. And I'm going to turn the mic over to you again, Christina, just describe a little bit of what you've been going through and what you've been thinking about this period of time. Yeah. So actually I'm just coming out of a really dark period you know, anybody who knows me, I'm like a very optimistic person. If you look at my feed, it's all about optimism and positivity and all that. And I would say that's how I'm wired. However, you know, I've just come out of a really dark time with my mother-in-law who I love and adore. She fell in November and she, she's elderly and she's very frail. So, I mean, her health has been declining, you know, as anybody who's 87 years old, but she fell and she hit her head and she was in intensive care. We didn't think she was going to come through, but, you know, she was in Macon. She was like about an hour and a half away from us. So we're, you know, like I have two children. I have a 15 year old and a soon to be 17 year old, plus being an entrepreneur, you know, trying to run my business, run our house, like juggle the kids, sports, you know, like any moms that are out there, any career women or anybody that's entrepreneur, business person, it doesn't really matter. We all have our different challenges, regardless of what different things are in our lives. But, um, you know, she was not doing well. And then we ended up having her come up near our home because she lived three hours away from us in Dublin, Georgia. We live in Atlanta. We had her come up here and go to a rehab center. Well, she was not improving. And, you know, with COVID, we can't see her. We have to stand outside the window at the place. And it's heartbreaking for everybody to not be able to hug each other or, you know, I'll probably get emotional 
talking to you about this, but she just wasn't recovering. And they, after a couple, like eight weeks, you know, they said she's going to have to go to long-term care and then basically a nursing home. And then they called us. She had her first uh, COVID vaccination and that was a Saturday. And on Tuesday, they said she tested positive for COVID and she ended up going into quarantine and, and just, she was already so frail to start with. And then and they ended up taking her to the hospital and we went there and there wasn't anything that they could do. She just had a lot of other complications. And then she was taken to hospice and we lost her on February 5th. And so it was like during that time when a person who you love is doing so badly like that and to see a person dying, you know, this vibrant woman I mean, it just really took so much out of me and our family. And during that time, I got to tell you, I had so many conflicting feelings. Like I'm going to be really vulnerable here and share with people that there was a part of me that I just wanted her to go. I wanted the Lord to take her. Then I would feel like I am a horrible person because my life was consumed with that situation. And you know, I have all these other obligations and I just felt like, I i mean, literally I did a, a video, which I have not shared with anybody because my marketing people like, you got to share your vulnerability. I'm like, oh gosh. I mean, it was raw. I literally just felt like I'm going to lose it. Then we had a car breakdown and we had just all these things piling on top. I just felt so, I was feeling like a victim. I'll tell you what, I was sitting there going, why is all this happening? But then, you know, she's struggling. I feel so bad for her, but I can't handle this. Everybody's coming to me. It was really hard. And actually today is like the first day we had her memorial service this past Saturday. So, you know, I was the predominant person helping coordinate. It's my husband's mom and he was doing tons of stuff too, but I'm kind of the person, you know, doing the eulogy and organizing. And today was the first day that I sat, did my journaling this morning, my quiet time. And I just felt this sense of almost like decompression, like life, that whole situation. I know she's in a better place, but life is now can get back. We can get back on track. And during that time, I was trying to listen to inspirational things, podcasts with good stories and things about my business and things about grief. And, you know, the five phases of grief, denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. It's like that grief process, you feel it in so many ways. I thought about it with the situation. I thought about it and who my mother-in-law was and, and now she's not with us. And then I I would feel like she could have been healthier. She could have done other things to stay healthy, but she didn't. And then I get angry and then I'm like, give her grace. You know, it was, it was just really a challenge, but oh gosh, my dog is okay. Hopefully my dog won't <laughs> bark. Your, your dog is connecting with you. And I, I think as I'm listening to you, I'm thinking that those thoughts of, oh, maybe this could be all over maybe that would be better. It just makes me think of that is our natural survival. 
instinct mm-hmm. kicking up and saying we're in distress. And that's maybe a minor example, maybe a major example of how we need to give ourselves grace throughout a difficult experience because we're not perfect and we can't hold everything up ourselves, especially when we're working and their children and there's grief around. And to just give ourselves that courtesy of saying, we're going to get through this time, even with our wonky thoughts, even with our wonky feelings. And I'm so sorry for you and your family and the loss. From Facebook, she looked like a very vibrant and beautiful woman. Yeah, she was. She was. And, and you're right. And, and it's, it's like our thoughts are all these internal conversations, right? We have 70,000 thoughts a day. It's like 1.2 thoughts per second. And the crazy thing is 95% of our thoughts are repetitive. So, you know, when we're in these negative states of internal dialogue, if we're in a negative state, it's like we're having all these negative conversations inside our heads. And I think a lot of times we can be having these internal conversations and not even realize it. It's almost like that self-awareness of waking up and saying, okay, I will not allow myself to think like this. And I was like, I have like three voices, you know, I got the devil, the angel and my coach, you know, (laughs) it's like me being a coach to me. And it is a lot of intentionality around when you are in a bad place, you know, journaling, getting all that negative stuff, getting all those thoughts out because you want to validate how you feel because you feel how you feel. So when we keep saying, I shouldn't, I shouldn't, I shouldn't, well, you do, and that's okay, but let's move through it. And a technique that I done a number of times is, you know, like sometimes you need to just get it out and like have like a temper tantrum for lack of a better word. And it's not appropriate. So you got to, you know, as an adult, you need to figure out how can I get these things out without like freaking out my family or my dog goes nuts. I wanted to like kind of allow myself to have this, you know, get it out. And then my dog's going crazy. I'm going, oh my gosh, I got to go drive somewhere. So, uh, (laughs) but it's like allowing yourself to get those feelings out and for me as well, journaling, like writing out stream of thought and just get it out and give yourself grace. I always tell people, treat yourself as a cherished friend because a lot of times we do not treat ourselves as a cherished friend. And when you think of it that way, then I think that it's easier to be kind to ourselves. And the other thing I was saying to myself is like, this isn't forever. This too shall pass. You know, like I talked about that whole curve, you know, the curve of up and down. We are going to get through this and we're going to learn things. And I am learning right now when I'm in the midst of that pain, I'm learning things and that, you know, trying to have comfort in that. Yes. And never, ever losing the importance of supporting yourself in anything that you're going through, whether it be positive or negative. I think we need to know that we've got ourselves covered no matter what is coming at Mm -hmm. us or through us. As you so eloquently said that we have to feel the emotions in order to pass through the experience. Otherwise we get stuck. There's complicated bereavement. There's 
procrastination. There's yes. all sorts of things that we can get locked into because we're not processing the the feelings. We're not saying the words. We're not clearing the thoughts from mm-hmm. our internal conversation. So thank you for covering yeah. all of these areas in this one mm-hmm. conversation. I know you have a model for guiding your thoughts. Can you describe that to our listeners? Yeah. So if you check out christinemroberts.com, I've got the what's called the GROW method. And the GROW method, G-R-O-W, is the overarching methodology for everything, for all of our thoughts. And the G stands for gratitude. And when I say gratitude, what I mean, it, it that kind of links also to what we focus on grows. So gratitude, when we are conscious of all the great things we're thankful for, because I tell you just recently, I was getting into such a funk. I was only looking at all the things that were going wrong. And then I said, okay, I got to shift and think about what's going right? You know, I'm healthy. I can breathe. I can smell. I can see. I can hear. I can walk. I can, you know, I'm outside. The sun is shining. Like there is so much to be grateful for, but sometimes it's easy to get into a funk. So G for gratitude. And also that ties into raising awareness to your thinking. The R is for reflect and create. So in our lives, a lot of times when we reflect on where we've been, what we've done in our lives, what we've achieved you know, the pain that we've suffered, there's evidence for what we can do to create our best life going forward. And then the O is for ongoing. This whole journey of life and being the best that I can be today, you know, better than I was yesterday. For any listeners, you know, you want to be better today than you were yesterday. So it's an ongoing process, like listening to this podcast, right? It's like gaining insight, gaining new information, new knowledge to be better. And then the W is for wealth. And when I say wealth, what I mean is abundance and wealth in every way, whether it's in your spiritual life, financial, your physical and mental health, you know, creating um, abundance with fun and friends and relationships. So gratitude, reflect and create ongoing wealth and abundance. That is really the overarching methodology where everything else ties up underneath those words and philosophies to create a great life. It's beautiful. I particularly love the ongoing part because this is kind of a process, right? This isn't a short journey. We have a long journey ahead, so much to learn, and we need to keep going at it and heading Mm -hmm. towards that abundance and being grateful for the things that we have in abundance right now, no matter what. So thank you for describing that model. It's beautiful. Can you describe to our audience how people can find you, follow you, work with you, and stay connected? Yes, absolutely. Well, would love for anyone listening to check me out, christinemroberts.com. M is for Marie. So christinemroberts.com. It's because I have a common name and there was a lot of Christine Roberts out there. So if you go to my website, there is a section called Food for Thought and we have a mindset quiz. It's really fun because it gives you kind of a benchmark of where you are today. And then we have a lot of free resources that provide you know, tools on how to be intentional with your thinking. And if you're in a funk, if you're 
but if life's going well, how do we get better? You know, so if you go to christinemroberts.com forward slash free tools, that'll get you directly to that page. But if you go to the site, Food for Thought, and um, check it out, I think it'll be really helpful and fun to just kind of see where you are today. It's a fun quiz to take every so often to kind of see where you are and how far you've come. That sounds great. Thank you so much for that generous gift to our audience. Thank you for joining me today. You are a delight. Your optimism just shines through no matter when we connect. And I appreciate that and your friendship. So thank you so much. Thank you, Christine. It's been an honor. I'm so excited to see all the great things in store for you as well. Thank you. Okay, everyone, we will wrap this up and I will see you next week. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Make Time for Success podcast. If you enjoyed what you've heard, you can subscribe to make sure you get notified of upcoming episodes. You can also visit our website, maketimeforsuccesspodcast.com for past episodes, show notes, and all the resources we mentioned on the show. Feel free to connect with me over on Instagram too. You can find me there under the name Procrastination Coach. Send me a DM and let me know what your thoughts are about the episodes you've been listening to. And let me know any topics that you might like me to talk about on the show. I'd love to hear all about how you're making time for success. Talk to you soon.